This special episode is brought to you by Card Market, the sponsor of Midweek Metagame. If you need access to singles, sleeves, deck boxes, accessories, anything Magic the Gathering related, then please go check out cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu. They support us and the podcast to keep us here making episodes for you every week. You can also find other games like Flesh and Blood, Digimon, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Check out Card Market, they support the podcast and they're best place to find things in Europe. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 151 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry G, only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, Gabriel Nassif. Hey Harry. Well, well, well. Sadly, Pat has work commitments, so he will not be on the podcast for the next two episodes. So that means two episodes with guests. And we thought it would be very appropriate this week to bring the champion, the winner of the Legacy European Tour in Warsaw. That's going to be Andrea Paimonti. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Hello, thank you for the, uh, wanting me here. I'm uh, Andrea Piemonti. I'm 24 from Italy, and I am uh, usually a um, MTGO player. People know me from uh, my probably Twitter or MTGO. I'm, I am uh, uh, Piegonti on uh, um, uh, MTGO, and I my previous accomplishments were uh, being a trophy leader uh, of uh, modern leagues. Oh, nice. And uh, well, now we have a trophy also, so... <laughs> nice, nice. Congrats. Congrats on your win. How long have you been playing Magic for? Wanted to like, tell us a bit about your Magic career? Yeah, I started with the um, Shadows of Rinistrad, but I was also studying, so I didn't have time to um, play super consistently. Then when COVID started, I was uh, at home with my computer, so I played leagues after leagues after leagues. And I guess uh, in that time, I decided I want to do something uh, um, something life-changing, so playing Magic to try to live uh, with it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, um, I, I still struggle sometimes to play uh, Paper Magic because I'm so... Uh, I, I just play online, basically. So that's it. Okay, so you're a full-time Magic player right now? Um, yeah, I'm also a student, so now I study, I study uh, writing, I used to study cinema, so yeah, that, that's the area of uh, work I want to um, stay, but uh, since I don't, have, I don't have money, I just play Magic to, you know, pay my bills and stuff. Okay, and have you played a lot of big live tournaments had you played some grand prix before qualified for some pro tours or qualified for any big tournaments i played some grand prix but uh, um i wasn't very good i just played um to stay with my friends i made some day day twos but uh, no big accomplishments then with magical line i lost uh, a winning in for the mox and i lost uh, another uh, top four of the mox queue again so oh wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Eric kind of reminds me of poker a bit where does these crushers who just play a ton online and do really well online. And then when they go play live tournaments, they just also do really well and they come out of nowhere. But really, they've just been, you know, just playing, getting in so many hours and stuff. So it kind of reminded me of that. How did you discover the game? Um, I, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was uh, a child. Then a friend... Uh... 
um, that was also playing Yu-Gi-Oh! showed me the game and uh, I liked it uh, since the beginning. Okay. And also I liked the community way more because they were uh, like more adults, more uh, university people. So I joined uh, also for the people. Yeah, reminds for me and people who are really bad with sets, which year was Shadows over Innistrad? Oh, well, 2016, 17, something like that. All right. I remember it was uh, probably 17 and now I'm uh, 24. So something around right. the lines. All right, all right, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah any, anything else you want to kind of share or I don't know anything about you or you and Magic? Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know. I just like to play and uh, I usually define myself uh, um, a player that plays a lot. So my method to um, play test is just play until I know perfectly what I'm doing. And yeah. uh, it's a kind of exhausting thing, but since I like a ton uh, the game, it's not uh, a problem for me. I, I, I guess I'm very... Uh, I am friend with Mengu, and I really, really share his uh, opinion on the game. So you play a lot, and you're enjoying what you're doing. So yeah. it's very fun. Where in Italy do you live? I live in Milan, Milano, so okay. northern Italy. Yeah. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah, you were telling me, I was asking you if you had practiced a lot with the green deck, and you said only 50 leagues. And then you told me you had 3,000 matches with Murgtide in Modern. Is That's kind of insane. Is Modern and Pioneer the, the two formats you've played the most? Uh, I usually play only Modern um, because that's the format I prefer and uh, also the format that's more played in my um, area. So uh, here it, every, everything is just Modern. And I also play uh, a little bit of Limited just because I think... Uh, to, to become a good player, you have to play a lot of limited. So I enjoy uh, taking uh, some challenges. Like, I, I really, I think I really like when playing Magic is uh, developing skills I don't have. And as I said uh, before, um, like when I start to play Murktide, I, I, I haven't cast a counter spell in my life. And then uh, I started to play this different uh, type of Magic. And now I want to learn something new. And about Pioneer, I don't play it so, so much, um, but I uh, just started to play for this event, and I guess my preparation went good. Yeah, yeah, you, you won the whole thing, Mono Green. Is, have you played any, any other decks? Were you considering any other decks, or were you locked onto Mono Green for like the past few days, weeks before the tournament? No, I started with Mono Green. Uh, um, as soon as I joined the, the event, as, as a concert to go to the event, and I haven't shifted, I just uh, like to play those cards. I, I those felt very powerful, and um, yeah, I haven't uh, really changed my mind. So yeah, yeah, you and Harry, Harry's been you know telling us monitoring the best deck for literal months, and I guess you, you two agree, and yes. Nice. Um, well, I guess before we get into breaking down your event and the deck that you played, obviously green. I think you're on tack team, right? We've had a few members on. You're also on the team. Yes, I am on the team. Um, I've been there uh, since the beginning, probably. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe Claudio's been here for the mocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got Claudio. We've had Harry. Harry, yeah. I think that's it. 
everything. Yeah. Well, I guess is that solely where you put your content? Or do you stream? Do you YouTube? Anything like that? No, it's just uh, I put uh, my writing on the Patreon and uh, everything else is free on my Twitter handle. So uh, at uh, Piemonte Andrea. And uh, if you need something, just uh, PM me. I can help you. Maybe I. I try to share uh, my contents for free as much as I can. Damn, that's that's cool, especially since you say you do that for a living. Yeah. Um, that's pretty nuts. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess LMS Warsaw, for those who don't know what the event is, it's not a GP. It's basically a huge RCQ where I think top 32 of the event got the invite, right? But there are some changes to the event because there are only 160 players, right? Or yes. um, yeah. So what? Uh, be... Sorry, yeah. Uh, so basically, um, it's uh, like the the structure is very similar to the LGPs. So you got you got uh, day two if you are in the top sixty four of the event, no matter of your record. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, some people uh, entered with XM four that was impossible in the old Grand Prix. And then uh, uh, the top sixty four gets uh, the money back. The top okay. 32 gets the invite for uh, Naples, so the next uh, uh, um, LMS, I, I don't know the... The, the next the regional names. championship, right? Like you've got yes. Sofia at the end of November, and yes. you, you, you actually said you couldn't go, you had works, so you couldn't really go, you didn't really try to qualify, you played some RCQs, you even conceded in some finals, but now you're like one of the first ones basically to be qualified for the second second season, second cycle of of uh, tournaments yes and it, it i'm i'm super happy because i also like the top eight uh, of this event also won um, uh, flight and accommodation so uh, that's not okay for for naples yes that's not super good value for you since you literally live in italy but yeah it's, it's still nice uh, yes but it's still uh, still it's... a trip yeah because it's you're you're at north you're you're real north in milan and naples yes is... It's right, like really. um, seven hours by train, so yeah. So flight is nice, yeah. Cool. And cool. Uh, then, but like, um, I did sixteen and one, and I also considered uh, the fifteenth round because I wanted to eat something with starving. So I I secured my first place in Swiss, and then I conceded. Wow. So okay. I think uh, like my record would have been good even. A bigger tournament. So, so I'm gonna do what people in Twitch chat would do. What did you lose to? Was your one real loss? I lost uh, turn one of the whole tournament um, in a mirror, played with a friend that came with me. It was my my roommate. Wow. Yeah. How did yeah, they that's do? A, that's a sick story. <laughs> did they make day two? No, uh, no, no. They they did. They uh, died at XM five. Dang. Okay. And when when the attendance was so small, did you go to the event the day before on the Friday or you, were you only there for the weekend? No, I was just there for the weekend. Okay. So what, what did they make it clear how many rounds there were? Like what happened when you saw the tournament was so small is basically my question. No, the tournament, uh, the, the basically the Grand Prix was... Uh, um, like 15 rounds for sure, so 9 plus 6. But I think they changed something with the Sunday PTQ. They probably cut one round. 
Okay. But I'm not super sure about that. But I think they will, uh, um, they like to maintain the structure of nine plus six. I think it's good. How did you like the event organization? Obviously you won the tournament, so you're probably going to be biased. You probably had a, a pretty good time, but was it, was it like nice? Was it, um, why did you decide to go to, to Warsaw, you know, other than, you know, a chance at qualifying? Was it something you really look, like planned for a while or? The, the answer is quite, uh, uh, hilarious because basically, um, a friend of my uh, personal team, um, uh, that's not a tag team, it's just a team of, um, uh, young zoomer, young Italian zoomers that we have. Um, qualified for, uh, um, Sofia by top, top eating, uh, um, Bologna, LMS Bologna. So we wanted to make a trip all together also to see each other because we are located in various parts of Italy. And so we take this opportunity to, um, see each other and, uh, it was pioneer. So that's fine for me. Okay. And, um, about the whole organization, I don't, I don't, uh, have uh, much to say. I think the event was fine. I like, uh, um, the judge, uh, preparation. So I think, uh, uh, the event was well sweet by judges and I like also the coverage. Um, I already watched, uh, the, the matches on camera. It, it seems fine. But I'm not okay. super sure because I don't travel a lot. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, you know. <laughs> All right. So pretty good overall. All right. So so we're not just showing. If you had like one thing that you thought was not great about the event or something they can improve on. I mean, the only thing I'm uh, a little bit uh, skeptical is the price because. Yeah. Uh, but it, it might be me. I mean, I'm a student, so I'm poor. Uh, no, and I think it's a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, 100 euro to play constructed. It's a little bit too much in, in my opinion, but uh, I guess the tournament was fine. So yeah. uh, it's maybe, you know, to pay a judges, to pay location, venue, etc. So I guess yeah. it's fine. Like, yeah, we're not going to talk about it too much, but we talk about it a lot. It's, you know, there's a reason there's very few people who, who wanted to, to run these tournaments. They're not super profitable. And then you might have kind of a, you know, Harry's been talking about what can happen is kind of a vicious circle where it's all expensive, so people don't go and people don't go. So next time they have to, you know, keep it as expensive or even maybe more expensive, who knows? So, but, yeah, but it's, uh, it, it's too bad because, like, it sounds like every, anytime I talk to anyone who goes to these events, they're mostly well run. Sometimes there's a few things that don't work out, but they usually like get it fixed. And, um, and yeah, it's, it seems, sounds like they've ran pretty good events overall. Yes. Also, I think, uh, I think, uh, I noticed it, uh, um, less people means, uh, the field is more competitive because since round six, uh, around seven, like basically all the people I met, uh, they were like, uh, they did two or three pro tours, uh, or they just were very conscious about their deck. So I, I had very, a very good, uh, uh, field in day two. I met a lot of, uh, cool people and very strong people. So yeah. I'm very happy about this tournament uh, um, because it felt like uh, MTG OPQ. Hmm. Nice, nice. Okay. So I guess going into the actual event, the deck that you played was mono green. Um, did you watch the mocks by any chance, the Pioneer mocks? Did that influence any decisions with your deck? 
Um, yeah, I watched just uh, some matches, um, but uh, not at all, to be honest. I felt I felt uh, Moxie is just a very very small event, and uh, people prepare to beat each other and not to beat uh, not to break the format. So um, I think uh, I I wouldn't have played uh, any other deck except Mono Green. Mm, that makes sense, yeah. Basically, my, obviously, Cherry, my testing partner, he he played in the mocks, and Green did terribly in that event, and we haven't played Pioneer. I haven't played a League of Pioneer. Cherry hasn't played a League of Pioneer since, so I haven't been keeping up with the meta. And I think, honestly, to me, the, the scariest thing about playing Green right now is um, Phoenix, Blue-Red Phoenix. Did you play much against that in the event? Uh, no, I, I have also... I have wrote down my... The matches I like my my opponent decks. Mm -hmm. I, I have it somewhere, but it was I even just faced mirrors and uh, red black oh, and wow. some other decks, uh, some other uh, like fringe decks. But I haven't played any. Oh, sorry, I have it. I can read it. So turn one mono green, turn two mono red goblins, turn three red black, uh, turn four orbs of midrange, similar to red black, but uh, they had the extinction event main deck. It was tough, but uh, I got lucky and I won. Turn 5, uh, red-black midrange. Turn 6, red-black midrange. Turn 7, Grisfang. Turn 8, red-black sacrifice, the, the um, Polish uh, guy that topated also. Turn 9, uh, red-black um, um, Michele. So it was uh, uh, the other Italian that uh, went second in Swiss. Then uh, the second day, turn 1, red-black midrange. Oh turn 2, mono-black mono zombie. Turn 3, John Sacrifice. Turn 4, Mono Green. Turn 5, Mono Green. Turn 6, I conceded. Top 8, uh, Turn 8, Mono Green. Sorry, Top 8, Mono Green. Top 4, Red Black Sacrifice, the guy I met uh, the previous day. In the final, I, I beat uh, uh, the Enigmatic Incarnation deck. That's so, so insane to me. It's a total of uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... Seven, um, seven uh, Graktus <laughs> and uh, like six Monogreen. Yeah, it's funny you... because we have put Red Black and Red Black Sack as very favored matchups for Green, and Phoenix is very hard. So I'm no wonder you did so well. Uh, these are the dream matchups, no? Or did you find it hard? No, no, no. It was kind of kind of fine. I also have to say, it was uh, I was running out that in that event, so. I had a couple of games where I was dead on board and I needed to top deck exactly the card I needed. And I drew it. and uh, <laughs> Or I needed the perfect storm on the festival and I did it. So mm. I was running out, but I think those are the good matchups, yeah. yeah I haven't faced have any aggro deck, so... You have to run hard. Do you have any tips for people listening maybe in the mirror? What, what are the most important things if you want to do well in the mirror? Well, uh, the first thing uh, is know your deck perfectly, so know when you can combo off, um, counting your mana, etc. Then I think I think um, I think I prioritize is developing the mana, and understand when you have to cast Cavalier of Thorns, when you have to cast on the festival, and um, then it's just uh, you have to understand the key pieces. So when when you you have to use Karn, what what are you looking with Karn? Like I think I noticed a lot is uh, a ton of players grab the Godfather statue and play it, and I think that's a trap because 
it doesn't do anything if you have an ictus, if your opponent draws an ictus and because they can kill you. So I usually am interested in uh, um, passing Cauldron to uh, revive my cards if uh, um, my opponent kills it when I when I end up, or as I Sovereign to kill their uh, their uh, permanents. Or uh, um, usually those are the cards I look for the most. Yeah, and, and then of course Chain Veil if I'm winning. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, it would be a spot where you want to cast. Cavalier overstorm the festival. It seems to me like why not just cast always storm when you can, you know? Well, uh, um, a thing that I learned is uh, you have to basically count and uh, uh, try to memorize the count on the bottom. So let's see, you are in, you are in a mulligan to five. You put uh, one card and one other payoff to the bottom, and uh, you have another cavalier in hand. So your storm will probably be bad. So mm -hmm. you just cast Cavalier to secure your position, and then you cast the Storm to cover the top. Um, and also it plays, uh, uh, like, try to understand what your opponent is proposing. Like, do they have a removal? Do they have an extinction event? What do you have in the graveyard? Do you need mana or do you need stuff? So if I'm looking for Nictus to build a big turn, I usually slam Cavalier. And uh, because that's a five six, like uh, it's uh, like the Simpson meme. You you want a boat or you want the mystery box? So okay. sometimes you want the mystery box. <laughs> okay, cool. One thing that I found in my testing, especially going into big tournaments, is I'm expecting to play against green, and I love um, the Immortal Sun in the sideboard. Did you play against that? Do you have an opinion on the card? No, I haven't played against that, but it seems a very good card. Because sometimes you just fetch Needle uh, to stop Karn, but uh, Immortal Sun might be better. Yeah. Because basically, um, Cherry and, and I's strategy was you just play Karn when you can minus and get Immortal Sun, and as long as they don't combo you, you can win. Um, especially alongside cards like Pelucranos, you just draw to Pelucranos, all your creatures are bigger. You just activate that for all your Nykthos mana, but I, I, I can see why you don't, a lot of the time you don't need it. I... I just kind of love that card, and I don't know. To me, it to me, what's just surprising is the matchups. Honestly, I felt like for green specifically in your testings, you find Phoenix is a bad matchup because I find that they have like six sideboard cards for us now. Uh, I think game one we are favored with mono green. Then uh, game two and three, you have just to win one. So sometimes they just have a turn two. Um, uh, to drop than uh, just a bunch of counter and sometimes you lose but sometimes you can go over the top and just win because their deck um, like sometimes can't really um, put up a clock so you can just slam a, a slam a threat each turn or just uh, attack with uh, with the um, turn to troll so I think it's uh, an even matchup okay so what would you put as a bad matchup for green then? Uh, mono white is terrible. Okay. Uh, also, as a MTGO player uh, in leagues, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, Atarka red decks. Those are terrible. You you can never win basically. And also, uh, uh, mono blue spirits is probably the worst one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So aggro decks that can uh, kill you on turn three or can uh, they play like clock plus disruption. Yeah, disruption or white has braved the elements. What about control? What about blue white control? I th I thought that matchup was uh, pretty even. Um, 
I'm not super sure though, because I haven't played against it a lot. But uh, I think uh, uh, aside Farwell, all the other cards are kind of medium. So yeah. if they can't go over the top with counter 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 planeswalker or counter counter rat planeswalker, usually um, are a better position because your trolls uh, um, can recur and uh, also ramps. So your sound the festival can be flashbacked. So. They need a yeah. ton of uh, answers for your stuff. Yeah, I think about close to even is is fair assessment. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And uh, obviously, mono green is not a deck that does that changes often. But I've kind of been heavily against Teferi, who slows the sunset. Uh, in my testing, at least, I've never, um, I've never liked it. This is a card. I, obviously, it's a card that you like, and I kind of wonder why. Uh, you like to go with it? Yes, uh, for me it's uh, a card I don't love, but uh, I like it. And uh, while preparing for this event, I was I talked with uh, Andrew Lembogen, uh, and uh, because he won a PTQ online with Mono Green, so since I'm very, um, you know, a shy person with my, with decks, and I don't know so much, even if I played fifty leagues, uh, I just decided to copy his list and trust him. So I PM'd him before the event. And uh, it said to play this list, and I just played it. So yeah. I guess we, we could have started with that. Basically, Andrea played all four ofs, the four ofs you would expect, no love struck beast, and then one Teferi, one uh, Sky Sovereign, right? Yes. And one Sylvan carried it, uh, 20, 25 lands. Um... So yeah, people have been, I've been seeing Lovestruck Beast and playing against Lovestruck Beast again a lot. I'm assuming it's against aggro, but I'm also a little confused because white still has Brave the Elements, blue just flies over it. Have either of you played with the card? Do you have any opinion on Lovestruck Beast? I guess red-green's been really popular. I don't know where the deck came from. Just red-green, mid-range, Giganta, and they play Chariot, they play Sky Sovereign. I saw. I, I was playing against that league, that deck in leagues, and then I looked up the results from the past weekend, and then two or three different people made top eight with it. Um, yeah, I don't so, know if you want to talk about that a bit. Uh, about Lovestruck Beast, I think the card is very good uh, versus Agro because even if Brave the Elements doesn't really work versus it because you create a 1 1 token that's white, so you can still block an Adeline or something like that. And also, um, it, it, like because they usually uh, use Brave when they are uh, ahead, but uh, turn one, uh, uh, elf turn two, uh, five five means they can't really attack you. So they need to be to build a big board, and you have time to breath. So you can like play a card and uh, start uh, doing stuff. But uh, I didn't like it so much because, uh, as you said, uh, spirits flies over it. So I just prefer to ignore uh, um, the aggro matchups, or, or just I just focus on my plan. And uh, if my plan, uh, if your plan is better, that's fine. But I prefer to I, I prefer consistency with my choices. Okay. Like I think uh, since I sideboard uh, Sky Sovereign basically in uh, every matchup, I think probably having one main deck, you can probably cut the fairy. So two Sky Sovereign main deck and then uh, one more sideboard slot might work. Okay. 
I, I have no opinion on the card. I mean, I think it's interesting, but I I don't I don't really like it. It kind of reminds me of Topiary Stomper. Something like this, like these random three drops that I feel like aren't great. Topiary Stomper's for a different style of matchup. Love Shrek Beast for the aggro matchups. I like just relying on the old growth troll. I think old growth troll is really good in the aggro matchups. You can mulligan to it quite consistently, I believe. Things like Sylvan Carrioted help too. Yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of people were cutting Carrioted. I saw you I actually watched you on coverage a bit and you cast it. Is that something that you're sticking with? Yeah, I like one carrioted. It, it helps uh, um both in the extinction event matchup because they play a lot of removals, so that's an unkillable threat, and uh, you can block uh, well with it. You block uh, a ton of 2-2 uh, Saga token. You block a ton of, um, hopefully, Initiate uh, and stuff like that. Mm, okay. Um, I guess overall, for me, Pioneer, I haven't played a lot. To, to be honest, I'll... I think that the Pioneer format really isn't changing much, and that's what's got me really bored. Like, I pl I've i been playing Mono Green, it feels, for at least four months now, and the deck changes by, like, six cards every few, you know, every few months, and it's just, it's been a bit stale for me. And you don't, Gab, you, you played Pioneer Blue-White Control, right? This past weekend? How have yeah, you found that deck? I played the the showcase. I didn't played a ton of Pioneer in the past week, and you know, just when it was what I knew was solid. I'd played some blue black control. I've had mixed results. I think it's it's pretty good, but I decided to go with kind of the the consistent choice, I guess, or consistent for me. The, the deck I played the most, nothing too special. I decided to play one fateful absence over the second detention sphere. My sideboard was pretty stuck to. I guess I tried Unlicensed Hearse over Rest in Peace, since you're playing Memory Deluge, and I was thinking maybe I would get to crew it to at some point, and it never came up. I never really played the, the, the graveyard matchups, or when I did, I, I didn't draw Hearse, so I don't have an answer as to whether Hearse is better than Rest in Peace, but it kind of makes makes sense, because most of the the graveyard decks don't, don't need critical mass. You know, against Grease Fang specifically, you just need a few cards. Um, against Phoenix, maybe you could argue, you know, if you top deck a Hearse, if you play it on turn four, it might be too slow, but it might not be, and the games go long, so keeping your own deluge can be important. Um, yeah, nothing too special. I actually started O2, but I, I toughed it out at streaming, and I figured I'd get more reps in. I went on a little run. I was 5-2. It was nine rounds, eight rounds, nine rounds. Anyways, I was 5-2 or 6-2, I think, and then I lost the last one, so... Not that bad in the end. And since I decided to try a blue-black deck, blue-black days on doing, you know, I've been playing that, that blue-white days on doing deck in modern, and people, you know, were saying I should try days on doing in Pioneer. Some people wanted me to try blue-red because of maybe some of the cheap removal, etc. But I decided to try blue-black first, and it's been good, honestly. My results so far are... 14 and 6 in in four leagues. So not bad a trophy. I'm almost definitely going to play it this Sunday in the challenge. And I'm just playing a lot of cheap spells. I'm playing a bunch of push. I've been trying Rona's Vortex today. That card was actually pretty good. I have four sensor, of course. 
I started with four make disappear. I'm down to three. I'm trying some, you know, some other cards, uh, you know, a few two mana removal spell, eliminate, power ward kill, tainted indulgence, and then I have four in our set, three days on doing. I started with two notion thief, then went down to one, then went down to zero. That card has been a little sketchy. And um, a lot of people have suggested shield dread, but that doesn't work with days on doing because your turn ends, so the trigger doesn't resolve. And I have some Shark Typhoons, a few Sweepers, and one card that's, you know, I'm not going to say impressed me because it's, I was not super surprised, I guess, because that card's been good for me in a bunch of formats, but was Eretai Resurrected. I think the card's super solid and was Narset even better. So, yeah, that card's been super impressive. It's kind of nice how it can get around Thalia sometimes and just lots of little things that that that. that works in its favor against green. It, it's cool because you can counter something and have the body to finish off a Karn. That comes up a lot. So yeah, that's that's what I've been working on. I think the deck is is good. We'll see how I do this weekend. I'll, I'll probably play it some more, but it was a fun little project and it feels good. Maybe maybe at some point I'll go back to blue-black control. I also want to play some uh, some red-black, maybe some mono-green before uh, Sophia. Sophia coming out soon. When's Sophia? One it's, month. Uh, in, in one month, yeah. yeah. Exactly one month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you try, Andrea, any like weird decks? Do you brew or do you kind of play, you know, focus on top tier decks? Um, no, I just uh, play well-built well decks because uh, I don't know the format so much. But I have yeah. a friend that played uh, a lot of uh, blue-black and ended up playing Grixis Control in the event. And the deck felt uh, decent, to be honest. It was uh, very interesting. Was playing uh, Nicol Bolas, uh, some Colagans, and then uh, of course push sensor, uh, cheap removals, and then Narset plus Days Undoing. Oh, he was, was playing Grixis Days Undoing. Wow, cool. Yes, it was an interesting list. I think there is some potential. Was he playing Fable of the Mirror Breaker? No, no, no. The red was just for Bolas and uh, some Colagans, I guess. Okay. Okay, interesting. Sounds sounds all greedy slash just for bolus, but the the which which bolus, by the way, the the, the planeswalker, the four mana one, or no, no, the planeswalker, the the one that ends the game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, what about it in modern? You said you you mostly play modern. Do you, do you like trying to build new decks in modern, or also there you just like to kind of, you know, play the yeah, no, decks and tune them. In modern, I try to build new decks sometimes, but I'm terrible at doing it. Like, I have this idea where basically Ledger Shredder works well with Vangevine, and I have this uh, thought uh, coming in my mind sometimes, but uh, <laughs> each time I try, I just waste uh, 100 play points, and then I look back and, uh, you know, just yeah. uh, submit blue red. <laughs> That's so That's funny, funny because, yeah, yeah, I literally made on the podcast. Was it last week or was it the week before? I made Team Revenge Vine and I made a YouTube video on it. And the key card wasn't. I did play Four Shredder, but I also played B- Bizarre Trade Mage and I played yeah. Hollow One. So it was like four Hollow One, four Revenge Vine, four Bizarre Trade Mage, four Pyro, Season Pyro, four Ragavan, four Neonate, four Shredder, like this style. Is this what you're talking about that you made? 
I, I was trying a little bit bigger approach, so like the old uh, blue black venture in deck with the Adron Crabs, mm. um, so a self mill deck. Uh, but uh, so you also had bubbles to trigger uh, um, shredder, and you also can uh, you know mitigate your uh, mulligans because you, you mulligan a ton with the deck, so you fetch plus bubble might work sometimes. Mm. Uh, but uh, you know. <laughs> It's still in the drawing board. No, I got you. My list was terrible, so I'm sure any variation would do well. But yeah, no, I I just love um the root wallers as well because you can play the blazing root waller, whatever yeah. value. And the the key thing is that you could use fury to trigger vengevine. So like the idea was like you'd like play ledger shredder and fear evoke fury to trigger vengevine was a line, or like. You can trigger Shredder, discard Blazing Root Wall, uh, trigger Vengevine. Yeah, it's a really cool deck, but it's very hard to make work. Yeah, I had Grief in my version as a pitch spell and also Mm. zero mana to trigger uh, uh, Vengevine. But yeah. (laughs) Grief. Damn. Okay, that. Dang, that's cool. Great minds think alike, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But okay. In in modern, though, Merktide fan. I actually haven't played much Merktide in a while. Is it, you, you said three, how much, 3,000 matches? Something like that, yeah. I had 50 trophies in the previous uh, um, season. Oh my and gosh. I guess I started to play in uh, December, so yeah, probably something like that. Jeez Louise, and is that your still go-to deck in Modern? Yeah. So you think it's the best deck? Um, well, I'm not super sure, but uh, one of the best for sure. Nice yeah. Have either of you played since the bands? Yeah, but not played. I, I played a ton, but I only played creativity because uh, I think it's uh, an interesting uh, um, archetype, and I also wanted to write something because uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, various decks with uh, different cards. Someone plays Fable, someone plays uh, a sort of reanimator, someone plays five colors, someone plays just two. So I wanted to create an article with uh, all the various uh, uh, iteration of the deck. Um, wow. And uh, now I'm settled on the um, Tamur Plus Persist version, the Canister one. And I think the deck seems very good, very, very good. You play two Persist? I play three and four Prismari. For Prismari Command? Yes. You play Binding? No, Zero Binding. That's my, my very first version, I think. Well, I started with Grixis, and then when I added Ren, I still had one or two Persist. But it was more like just a something extra for when it came up. And I felt like Persist was not that great in the deck, but maybe maybe I was just wrong. Maybe I didn't try hard enough. Uh, I it... think with full Prismari and for Fable, you have uh, enough fodder to discard. So that in that build, it it works, otherwise uh, I wouldn't bother, to be honest, with Persist. Have you had trouble with playing against too many Hallowed Moonlights or Orvar? Um, not at all. Sometimes someone plays Orvar in a random uh, green-white deck, then um, they just cast an Orvar, but uh, for side, like, you play, usually change your uh, plan. So you have uh, um, the eight mana... Uh, uh, artifact that destroys lands, so the Colossus and, and Thundering Titan, Thundering Titan, that one, and you have Limbala, 
I play those, at least. Uh, sorry, Yona, not Timbala, Yona, you know. So you name uh, a caller and the uh, opponent can cast. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm behind. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, th those are probably my go-to. So I side, it, I side out like three or four Archon and I side just those. Because both side games uh, are usually more mid-range, so Fable is your best card. And you also try to like hardcast Archon a lot. So I usually side out uh, some creativity, like unless it's a race matchup. Because yeah, you tend to, you have four spell pierce, so opponent just try to slow you and you play a mid-range game. Sometimes you win even with the Vran emblem. Turn to Vran and then let all your uh, spells be in counter and then you emblem and win. Yeah, Vran, Fable, Interaction. Yeah, I've, I've played kind of these games where I had the sideboard cards, but just Fable was a problem because, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. What about you, Harry? What have you played uh, past week? You said no Pioneer at all. You've been focusing on, on other formats. You top-aided a, a challenge, right? Yeah. So... Um, no big deal. I feel like you top-aid like, almost every weekend now, or every other weekend. Well, it's funny because I, I actually been huge clashes, and I had family from the U.S. come over this weekend, but I woke up and... And um, they were all going to London, and obviously I have a dog, so I have to care over I was going to go London. But then I was like, okay, I'll take care of the dog. I'll double queue. I double queued the Popper Challenge and the Legacy Challenge. Started off really well, 5-1. and one. Went into the last round with Mono Red Prison. Got paired against Delver. Had a really close Game 3 lost, and then I managed to make it in on Breakers, which was pretty sick. Um, and then I lost the quarters to Doomsday, but... Yeah, I've been loving Legacy, actually. I've been playing, like, a couple leagues a week. Basically, my whole YouTube um, ideology is people love to watch Magic, even if they don't understand the format, as long as they can watch it in 10 minutes. So I'm trying to do every format as, as I can, apart from Popper and Pioneer, and just do a video trying to do, like, you know, one modern, one legacy, one vintage a week, plus whatever I want to do. It's, it's quite difficult to do, but yeah, randomly fired it up with Mono Red Prison. Because um, Cherry kind of just feeds me decklets. Literally, I wake up in the morning, there's like four decklets in our chat. There's two screenshots of something that he's done in Magic Online. So I just ripped his Mono Red Prison decklist, jammed it, and it's, it's freaking sick. Uh, I guess for those who don't play Legacy, you play things like Simeon Spirit Guide, Chromox to cheat mana. Then you have Ancient Tomb and City of Traders to add colorless. Then you actually, I think what makes this deck good now is Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Because you have a lot of matchups where, let's say, Chalice of the Void isn't very good. Or maybe Trinisphere is not good. And you just discard them to Fable of the Mirror Breaker. You get treasures so you can hardcast your Furies. Um, Goblin Rabblemaster is really powerful alongside the pressure. <laughs> Fable of Mirrorbreaker makes a goblin token. It's actually relevant when you're attacking into Murktide regions. Um, the, the, the biggest and actual only use, useful piece of information I think I can give is that one thing that Cherry and I have kind of realized is that Leyline of the Void is genuinely good against Delver in the red deck. And that's because we kept... We, we both played the Legacy Challenge together, same list. And we kept running into the same problem. You can get a Chalice on one and a Blood Moon in play against Delver, and then they just go, okay, Murktide, and you lose. 
because it flies right. over. You can rarely kill it with fury. Like sometimes you can evoke fury and copy it with fable if you're lucky. Unlikely play though. So Leyline of the Void plus Chalice on one genuinely is, or normally is GG unless they're playing Brazen Borrower. But yeah, general consensus is I really like Leyline against Delver right now because they have Merktide and Channeler. I think that's yeah. all I've learned about the challenge. But yeah, challenge, Borrower, Prison. Do you have that four drop, the one was Initiative or the one that Dungeon Crawls? Yeah, so it's Caves of Chaos Adventure. It's a three in red, five, three trample. And no, no, no. Is it 5-3? It, it, it's an X-3 trample. Uh, when it attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play it until end of turn, and um, it has initiative with the dungeon. It's basically the monarch, but you go through a dungeon for free on the upkeep if you have initiative. And honestly, I am keep going down and down on the card because it's a 4-mana... It, it's just like very low impact, and I found that the legacy games just don't go like... You have to cast something really fast, and it's very hard yeah. to cast a four mana creature that doesn't really do anything really fast, as well as Dragon Rage Channeler, Delver, all fly over it, so it's really bad in the Delver matchup, and that's really popular right now because Watsy said it has a 53% uh, mat, uh, <laughs> it's like 53% win rate against the meta. So it's like, I think if you want to play Mono, like Legacy, I do like Mono Red Prison, and. Um, and what is it? I think that the Delver matchup genuinely isn't that bad. And the Doomsday matchup, I think, is very good. I, I got crushed again by Doomsday in the quarters, but it's because in game three they had a turn one kill. So, or they had a turn one Doomsday, and I just couldn't really do much because they can play around. They played around Blood Moon and Chalice. Maybe I punted. If you watch the YouTube video, I could have played Chalice on two, played Chalice on one, but I'd have to pitch my whole hand. So, yeah. I, I really yeah. like Legacy, and I think we were talking before the podcast, Andre, and you, you play a bit, right? Yeah, I also played uh, a little bit of uh, Mono Red, but I used to play the other uh, um, drop, the, the one with Haste, that when attacks you exile uh, um, a creature and you you basically polymorph. Oh. I don't know if you know. Oh, yes, I know. It's all free I... Haste. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, but I have no clue what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Damn, we're gonna we're gonna get flamed again by our <laughs> listeners because we talk about cards without knowing the names or what they do. I haven't seen that card in like six months, but it's it's a commander card. It's like three mana, three three haste when it attacks, exile another target attacking creature, and then it just transmogrifies it. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. But um and that yeah. creature comes in tapped and attacking, so it's like you you attack and get Emrakul the Aeon's Torn into play, right? And then they sack. Is that is that what you did, or...? Yes, no, basically I just excited the Goblin token and get uh, a Fury or a Rubble Master. Oh, okay. So you, you basically sacrifice the tokens to get additional value. I didn't like the card uh, so much. And eventually I just... Uh, I was playing uh, um, main deck Hearth. To... Yes, yes, we were as well. To try to... You also, yeah. Yeah, three hearse in the main. But I found that hearse really isn't that great against Delver because they can literally, like, obviously you can Fury a three or three, three or four, four Merktide, but they still play counter spells. That's the problem, right? The biggest problem with Delver is they play a, a creature and they just have counters. So I lost the win in him because they had double force of will. I basically 
saved my Fury for the next turn so I could go Trinisphere. Uh, sorry, so I could go Rabble Master Fury, and uh, they just force forced, so, and I lost. So, I, I really enjoy the Legacy format. I think what's quite refreshing to me, rather than Modern or Pioneer, is that when you go to a Modern or Pioneer tournament, you prepare lines, you prepare matchups. Whereas I feel like with Legacy and Vintage against Doomsday, you'll you'll rarely have similar lines. Like, do you Chalice on what zero, one, or two? Because Doomsday, there are Mox Opal versions of Doomsday. There are you know, so many different versions of Doomsday, so many different versions of Storm. I feel like I'm actually challenging myself rather than trying to regurgitate something that I've already done in the past, which is what I've had a load of fun with. Um, but yeah, that, that I guess Pauper, if anyone cares about Pauper, there was a Bant Ephemerate deck, actually, with four Ephemerate, four Mole Drifter, and then it played, there's like a five drop initiatives creatures that you just load up on you're trying to ephemerate them for loads of value, the deck sucked. Like, I feel like in Pauper, if you're playing Arbor Elf and Utopia Sprawl, the deck sucks because it's so, like, high variance because your deck is full of clunky five drops that are only good to cast on three, four, three or four, and you're playing against tons of mono red. Everyone in the Pauper challenge, I feel, is just double queuing, jams mono red, and just <laughs> runs you over. It's like, it's like so sad. Every week, I get tricked into playing some Arbor Elf Utopia Sprawl deck, or a non-mono red deck. Every week I've regretted it. So I've literally said I'm not playing any other deck than mono red and Pauper from now on, because every time I regret the decision. Yeah, do, do you yeah. play any Pauper, any of you? No. No, I don't. What, what did you think about the the ban in modern and the no ban in pioneer, Andrea? I was super anxious because I just bought into foil monogreen, so I thought uh, something will got banned from the deck because it felt super powerful, even in leagues. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I don't play too much of the format. I, I think even monogreen is uh, uh, sometimes it's quite high variance, so. Sometimes you face three aggro decks and you get demo demolished. Um, I don't. Maybe, maybe, some, maybe Karn is uh, the problematic card. I was thinking even even of banning Chain Veil just to make the deck a little bit more fair. So you just don't get. You have to go. You have to combo like with uh, thirteen devotion or fourteen. I, I forgot. While uh, with Chain Veil, you just combo off uh, basically always. Uh, that would be a smart call, but um, I'm not sure for now. I like the format the way it is. And in modern, uh, I don't think Yorian was a cool ban because, uh, again, I mostly play online, so I don't get uh, the struggle with shuffling. And I think Yorian decks were uh, fine. Um, just uh, You just have to yeah. know what to do. I yeah. think a lot of people... Uh, uh, when they play, are just uh, a little bit scared, so they think, "Wow, Yorion is so powerful! I can never beat it." And uh, then they stick this mentality into playing it, and they lose. While mm -hmm. I think um, uh, with Murktide, you usually have a bad matchup, but once you know which spells to counter and uh, which spells to let resolve, uh, uh, which spells to cast an elite, uh, when to cast bolt outside board, the matchup becomes uh, way easier. So um, I, I like so much um, playing Magic because of it, because I think uh, each challenge is acceptable. You don't have any 0-100 matchups, so 
the more you play, the more you understand. So I, I don't think the ban was uh, was right. But uh, if it's for, uh, you know, for the shuffling thing, maybe it's okay. I remember at uh, on a RCQ, um, like they were uh, 40 minutes over time to play uh, a Yorion Mirror uh, in the um, five additional turns. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not even possible. They should get game losses or warnings or stuff if they're playing that slowly. But it's interesting, you said... You like a challenge, but for, for Pioneer, you picked Mono Green, which you made it sound like it has really lopsided matchups. You know, you're probably really good against Ragdos, and you have really bad matchups against Aggro, whereas in modern Murktide, kind of, I feel it's a deck that can beat anything. So, yeah, I think the format is uh, way different, though, because like in Pioneer, you don't have any cards, you don't have any way to. Um, see through your deck, like all like it's a format where uh, dig through time is uh, legal, but it's bad, so it's yeah. funny. And um, like when when I play Pioneer, I try to uh, play a deck that has the nuts or as the some very good turns. Like uh, I like Chris Fang, I like Mono White, I like Mono Green, because those decks, if you have the nuts, you win. And if you don't, uh, you still play uh, a very good gameplay. And I don't like Rakdos because uh, um, you have to always have the perfect removals. But sometimes you just play, you just draw the the wrong cards. Like sometimes you have uh, turn two blood tight harvester, but you need a dreadboard for the Kiora, and you lose because uh, opponent plays a cavalier. What if you play mono green, mono red, uh, um, mono white, or? Uh, uh, even Grease Fang, uh, you don't have to worry too much. You you play your plan. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it's fine. Okay. There's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if either of you I'm want to talk about more about Modern or Pioneer specifically, if you had anything to add, um, something we've not talked about, or a deck that's caught your eye, anything like that. Mm. Well, no. you know what was interesting is I actually tried out Hardened Scales today in Modern, and I thought it was going to be a meme, but what's interesting is there's a card that kind of went under everyone's nose. It's a new modular land. It's an artifact land. Need to get... Oh, I don't... Oh, I don't have the name up right now. I can get up for you, but... land uh, from Horizon, too. Yeah, do you know the name? Uh... I'll get the name up. It's okay. Dude, seriously. It's not that hard, <laughs> Harry, to know the name of cards. It's just... We're literally talking about it because for those of you who don't know, we, we got some feedback, which is really cool, appreciated. And that person specifically said, like, you need to have Scryfall. It's, you know, I like the podcast, but <laughs> it's not great when you start talking about a card and you don't know the name, you don't know what it does. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's called Power Depot. And basically, right. it, it taps for any color uh, to cast an artifact or to activate abilities of an artifact, but it does enter tapped. But basically, you play, obviously, four copies of Zabaz, the modular hardened scales. You play four hardened scales, and I found that the deck kills really quick with Inkmoth Nexus. And because you have so many modular cards now, I played against... Twice, I played against Ren and Six green-red decks, 
One was the green-red breach, and one was green-red titan shift, and both times they had bolts and wrens, and they couldn't kill my ink moth, because I could just keep sacking all these modular cards, either with Zabaz in play, so that the modular adds an extra counter, or just hardened scales, it adds an extra counter, so I thought... You know, I feel like the deck is more resilient to removal. Obviously, Unholy Heat still deals six damage, but to me, it felt like somewhat of a of a, a real deck, especially with Urza's Saga, as well as Patchwork Automaton did so much work. Two mana, one one with War Two. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, put a plus one plus one counter on it. You have Hardened Scales that adds two counters, and it has War Two. So in any Ren Six matchup, I didn't care because on the play because I play my Patchwork Automaton, they can't ping it. They can't pay two for ward. They can't really play a one-drop removal spell on the play. So it was like, turn one scales, turn two patchwork automaton, cast a two-drop artifact or a one-drop, and my thing was huge. I was attacking for 11 uh, on a lot of turn fours and fives, quite consistently just winning the game. So it came uh, 16, 15th place in the Modern Showcase the past weekend, and I, I genuinely was very impressed by it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't yeah, know if that's the only deck I'd highlight. That war two can be really annoying. It it doesn't seem like much, but it adds up. It you know two mana in the early turns of a, a modern game is huge. And I, I lost actually last time I played against that deck to a bunch of patch fortress automaton. I mean the, the deck can be a little hit or miss, but it is powerful. It is strong and might be a bit underplayed for how good it is in in modern. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I played a ton of uh, like just a little bit to be honest of because of the, they wanted me to try it, and uh, it felt super powerful, yeah. And uh, underexplored uh, also a little bit. I, I haven't played with the power storage, uh, but uh, yeah, I think the engine with the Saga, Zabat, Ozolit, uh, and uh, like you, you have a lot of game plans that uh, plays well, well with, with each other. Sometimes we have uh, like turn three, five, five uh, automaton, sometimes you have a big board with small creatures, uh, sometimes we have uh, saga constructs, uh, and uh, I really like the deck, yeah. I would play more in the future, I guess. Cool. I want to talk just a tiny bit about standard, and there's going to be worlds in 10 days. Formats are going to be standard, Explorer, which is Pioneer Light for Arena, and Dominar Draft. Definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to be doing, you know, probably commentary on my channel, commentary on the French channel on Saturday. And there was an, a standard um, qualifier this weekend, the first one of the new season. I I stuck with Esper. It's the deck I've played the most in standard. And it's kind of an interesting format. And I, I'm curious to see what people come up, um, you know, with at Worlds because... Black super dominant. I was playing Esper. Tons of people are playing Red Black, Grixis, Junk. Tons of Black base deck. And there's you know a card that you guys actually play in the green deck, Bang Buster. That's starting to see play in Pioneer. We see it. Uh, I see it especially as a control player. I see it a lot. Uh, you know, Red Black plays it. Uh, when I play against Green, it's usually the card they go get now, or one of the their most common targets. And that card super prevalent in standard, but I felt like it was all too slow. I wanted to just curve out, kind of not draw people. So I cut the make disappears. I cut the bank busters, and um, you know I did well in the plans. These small tournaments where you qualify for the qualifier, but then I kind of bombed out. I went one two. Once again, I didn't see too many tweets about people uh, getting the 
the seven wins on day two, it's it's really tough. You have to go seven one or better on day one, and seven one or better on day two. And there's probably very very few people who get there, so you don't have a ton of ton of info on the format and. It's not the, the greatest, you know, winning the Daryl is pretty important. If you, if you, if you stumble, you lose, you know, if you're on the draw and you draw a couple tap lands in the first couple of turns, you can't play your two drop. It can be really hard to recover. So yeah, but I, I played against some cool decks. I lost to a, a mono white deck splashing for the angel, the busted limited card that you can kick to deal damage that has lifelink and you know, it's a deck that you also kind of see in Pioneer, that kind of mono-white, splash-black or yes. splash-red uh, Urion deck. The one was Fable, except in standard, the, the mana is not great, so splashing Fable is kind of tough. Um, I lost to Enchantments, Rite of Harmony deck. It's the glimpse for Enchantment and creatures that has flashback. And I thought that deck was kind of a meme, but I, I lost to it. Uh, I thought I was ready. I had farewells in my sideboard, but my opponent had blue for counters. So what I did in the third game was I didn't even bring in my farewells because I was like, A, they can get so far ahead, they can just rebuild because of Rite of Harmony, draw so many cards, and B, they can have a counter. I ended up just kind of get, having Rotten locked uh, in the qualifier, just kind of missing land drops and stuff. But I, I had fun pr preparing for the tournament and just... You know, it's it's gonna be fun to to see what you know thirty two of the best players in the world uh, come up with. I don't know if you guys yeah, are looking forward I, to worlds at all. I'm curious too because uh, the tournament I'm qualified for is uh, standard, so I'm uh, studying the format a little bit. I I watched, uh, I played even a little bit uh, of uh, the standard. I played a, a bit of uh, Grixis uh, mid range. And uh, Esper, and I liked it. It seems uh, a very mid range battle, so you know, combat skills, etc. But uh, yeah, it has uh, sometimes you you break on lands and uh, you have your, your mana sucks. So, um, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah, but are, I you, like the format. Seems are you in the Invoke Despair camp when you play these decks, or no? I like, I really like to play. Uh, just uh, four, four drops, not many five drops. Yeah, that card is, I don't know, it's really swingy. You definitely win games. You know, that, there was the, the one match I won, actually. I beat Grixis, and they got star on, they get stuck on four lands in the third game, and I'm assuming they had they had a bunch of Invoke Despairs, and they, they lost because they didn't draw their fifth land. But on the other hand, I've also lost the card a lot, and... It's pretty swingy. I lost. I lost it in in Pioneer too. Actually, today uh, in sideboard games when I was playing the blue black days on doing my opponent chain a couple invoke despairs. When you're when you're a little behind and they start chaining invoke despair, it's just impossible to win. Yes. But um, yeah, I guess I, I figured I, I would just mention a tiny tiny bit of uh, of standard and explorer might be interesting too because it is it is Pioneer light so. Maybe we'll learn something that we can use for for Pioneer for Sophia. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't have Magic Arena, but I I look for the result even or I have a lot, some friends that plays it and they keep me updated. Okay, cool. Well, I guess to wrap up the episode, Andrea, do you know what the Price Is Right is the game? 
Sorry? Do you know the game? It's called The Price is Right? Yes. Yeah, so we do this at the end of every episode. Oh, we forgot to thank Card Market this week. Well. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to go back and add that in. Lol. Well, thank you, Card Market, for sponsoring this episode. We have to do the or not have to do. We want to do the prices right because it's a fun thing to do. Basically, we're gonna we have to pick a card, Andrea. We all gotta guess the price of the card, and the person closest to the price will win glory. Uh, do you want to select a card, or anyone have anything in mind? Um, is invoke despair mythic or just a rare? It's um. I'm, I'm sure. I think it's a there, rare, yeah. Uh, uh, no, isn't it a cycle of mythics? Because there's the Invoke Despair, there's the green one. It is a cycle, but I don't know if their mythics are rares. Uh, I, I think they're rares. There's rares. Okay, I'm going to trust the grinder. Um, what, what could we do that's what, a little... Uh... We can do um, the Mythic Massacre. Now, now that's a different prize, if you Ooh. haven't done it. Okay, sure. Mihook Massacre. Yes, since the ban. Okay. Wow. Because that's actually a mythic. Yeah, but is it? it's a burial play in day four. Did it have time to crash to? I don't know. What was it worth before? Do you guys know? <laughs> no clue. Okay, let's just guess. Andrea, do you know what it was worth before the ban? Uh, it was worth uh, 50, 50 euro. Yeah, it was, it was huge. All right, so it was worth 50 euro before the ban in standard. And doesn't he play in modern? I mean, I play one in my sideboard in Pioneer Blue Black, but it doesn't really stop. Okay. Um, I'm kind of ready, I guess. Okay. So on the count of three, we'll go three, two, one, I guess. So three, two, one, 25. 20, 21. Ooh, okay. Ooh, 20, 21, and 25. Meet Hook Massacre on Card Market's website. Right now, the average price tend for the past week is 42 euros. Wow, so it's still, uh, it's yeah. barely dr barely dropped? That's and weird. the cheapest English right now is 40 euros. Wow, okay. So, interesting. I guess pe pe people don't want to lower their price. At one time, I don't like go way over, and <laughs> I, I'm just so bad at this game. <laughs> okay, what about life on the line then? Yeah, so for those what who don't know. Do modern and Pioneer? Yeah, life on the line. It's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. You gotta bring a modern deck and a pioneer deck. So in modern, I'm gonna be bringing whew, hardened scales. Screw it. I'll put my life on the line for that. I really enjoy the deck. Pioneer. Who would be surprised? Mono green. I think this is mono green. How many weeks in a row? I don't know. But what about you, Gab? For pioneer, I'm. Gonna go with blue black days on doing. I'm a believer. And for modern, I'm actually cheating. I'm taking a quick peek at who won the modern challenge this weekend. The <laughs> A dude is bad was Azorius Control. What the hell? Damn, and we didn't even talk about it. Kahira, Four Solitudes, Eight Planeswalkers, just stock Waffle Blue White. Because I saw Blue White, I saw Waffle, and he was having a rough time this weekend. I think he was. Not doing well. Four ley line binding. Um, I'm gonna go with which no idea. Uh, uh, four color Kahira. No, four color was Ice Fang because I think if you don't play Ice Fang, you're gonna get ran over by Merc Tides. So I will 
trust the variants this time, and I will pick uh, Red Black Scam in Modern and uh, Grisfang in Pioneer. And what in Pioneer? Uh, Grisfang. Oh, you're not uh, sticking with Mono Green after winning no, a tournament? The, the safe okay. option was uh, a Murktide and Mono Green, but uh, I like to take the risk uh, and, uh, Ooh, you know. Was your life on the line? Wow, okay. Well, awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess to finish off the episode, can you remind Andrea where everyone can find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at uh, Piemonti Andrea or uh, Piegonti looking at uh, Twitter and uh, Magical Line at uh, Piegonti. Awesome. And you're also a part of TAC Team, right, in their Patreon? Yes, and also on uh, the TAC Team uh, Twitter page or uh, on Patreon. Cool. What about you, Gab? Yeah, twitch.tv slash yellowhat for the most part. Okay. If you want to see my legacy top eight, it's already edited and uploaded to my YouTube channel. And uh, I guess to finish things off, you know, I really want to thank you and congratulate you for your result. Andrea, and having the time to come on and uh, speak with us. Thank you yeah. for inviting me, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. That was, that was super interesting. And um, yeah, I hope, wish you the best and hope, hope you do well in, in Naples and all the other tournaments. Uh, hope you, you know, you get to qualify for uh, the Pro Tour and I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more from you. And as always, if you made it this far, thank you so, so much for listening. Hope you all have a great week. Yeah. Later. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye.